He is worthy of the praise. He deserves the praise. I am so glad to be with you on this Father's Day. You can be seated. We're going to get right into the Word of God. We, we certainly want to say Happy Father's Day to all of the fathers that are in the house, and we want to thank Daddy God as well for his goodness and his mercy towards us. And so much we, we may not deserve, but God is good to us anyway. He's graceful to us anyway. We've been in this series called The Honor Code, and we're going to continue with that today, um, actually. And one of the uh, most important things, as we've talked about throughout these weeks, we talked in the first week about how God asks us to honor him with the 10% and with the tithe, and many people, I believe, are receiving uh, the revelation that God gives us in his word on that. Um, and we've also talked about how prayer, how God desires for his house to be a house of prayer. Um, in this time, in this culture, his, his house is marked by so many other things, but it should be marked by prayer uh, because prayer is how you get anything done in the kingdom of God. It's how you get anything done in your personal life. And even more importantly than getting something done, it's how we actually communicate with God. How many of you know it's good to talk to God, but it's wonderful to know that he wants to talk back to you too. And he wants to give us direction and wisdom um, and knowledge so that we can walk this path out right. But this week, I want to talk to you from the thought a faithful father. I want to talk to you about a faithful father. And you're going to need to you know, take notes today because we're going to just talk from the scripture. There's not going to be uh, many uh, quotes or anything like that today. I want you to just receive what God is really saying in the text that we're going to share today. It's a very familiar passage of scripture from Luke chapter 15. Um, we're talking about what is commonly referred to as the story of the prodigal son. And I gotta be honest with you, sometimes when we go into the scripture, when we dive into the scripture, we interpret the scripture through our own tradition. We interpret it through um, our own experiences. We interpret it through what we've been through. But really, we have to begin to read the scripture and ask what is God really trying to say to us in this time, in this age, through what he put in the word. Can we say amen? I believe that there's, there's some things here that, that we can pull out that because what happens when we tell this story about the prodigal son is, is more often than not, we take sides. Either we're, we're for the son who ran away or we're for the one who stayed home. But I want to challenge you that this story about the prodigal son really is not about the prodigal son. It's about the father. It's about the faithfulness of the father. And if we, if we look at this passage any other way, we'll read it wrong. So we're going to get into it, and let's just talk and receive from what God has to say for us today. It says, and he said, a man had two sons. Jesus is telling this story. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate that falls to me. And so he divided his wealth between them, and not many days later, the younger son gathered everything together, and he went on a journey into a distant country, and there he squandered his estate with loose living. And I want to stop here because what happens here is we read this and what we see, it, we, we miss so many of the keys that God is showing us in this passage of Scripture. The first thing we have to understand is the, the, the son, and, and if you talk with me individually about this, I've, I've shared this with you, that the son that leaves home gets a bad rap. But the problem is, is that when this son asked his father for his inheritance, essentially what he was saying to his father is, I wish you were dead. I know that's real sobering thought, but he's saying, I wish you were dead because I want what I'm supposed to get when you're not here. I want that now. And so he ends up getting this bad rap. But look at what the scripture says. It says that the father divided his wealth between them. So how many sons got something? 
Both of them. So what we see here, first of all, is actually that both of these sons end up dishonoring an honorable father because they wanted to receive something that it wasn't time for them to have. How many of you had to have some things you want, but it wasn't time yet? And you were going to make a way for that thing to happen anyway. How many of you know that we can interrupt our own blessing? Sometimes we, we can sit there and say, God, I, I want it. And God says, I want to give it to you, but I want to teach you something first. If, if you don't get the essence of who I am, watch this, if you don't get who I am, then what I give you won't help you. And we have too many people who come to God like this. I got, God, give me, give me, give me. But he's saying, no, what you really need is who I am. Then you'll know what to do with what I give you. And, and you can, it's not just a material thing. Some people, you don't know, know what to do with, 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 with people that God brings into your life because he hasn't taught you how to relate to him yet. And so when people come to you, you relate to them the wrong way. You can, be, you can say amen. That's okay. It's all right. It won't hurt you to say amen. And so he says, divided his wealth between them, and not many days later, the younger son gathered up everything together, and went on a journey into a distant country. How many people were with you in life till they got what they wanted? The son, it says not many days later. So he got what he was really in it for at the time. And then he took off. And some people, you run into people like that. And to be honest with you, some of you may have been that person in your life. You, you got what you wanted. And now it's peace. I'm gone. I'm out. I don't, uh, God is calling me somewhere else. Well, he wasn't calling you when you were waiting on what you wanted, <laughs> right? You got people in your life, oh, God is just moving. Is, is he really moving you or did you just get what you want? So this one says, went into a distant country and there he squandered his estate. So he gave up. He got his inheritance and he blew it with loose living. And just like some of us, now when he'd spent everything, a severe famine occurred. Some of you, that word famine is interesting. I want you to understand the context in your own life. Famine is when nothing is working. So it's not just famine when you don't have. It's when nothing is working. Because in a famine, even if you have, you can't get what you want. Because you can't purchase it. So we have a famine in the land. He's broke. He's poor. And a severe famine occurred in that country. He began to be impoverished. How many of you know he, he was in a bad state? You ever been in a bad way? In your life, be honest with you, it, everything wasn't going all right. Sometimes you were just in a bad way. In your mind, in your heart, in your resources, it just things were bad, really bad. And here's what he said. So he went and he hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country. And he sent him into the field to feed the swine or the pigs. And we, he would have gladly filled him, his stomach with the pods that the swines were eating. This is... this. I want you to really get a picture of this. Now, he is working, and he cannot even eat what he's feeding. Think about this. Think about, you ever, you ever seen on TV the hamster on the wheel? It's just going, it's running, 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 but it's not going anywhere. You ever been like that in your own life? I'm running, I'm spinning, I'm, I'm going on my heels, but I'm making no progress at all. And see, the, the hamster, when we see that, is deceived because him doing that, he actually believes eventually he's going to get off that wheel. And it's the same thing here because he's now, he's hired himself out and he can't even, he's feeding pigs, but he can't even eat what the, he can't even eat pig's food. That's, so what he was getting wasn't even sustaining him. Anybody here today? All right. Now watch this. Here's the other part. And no one was giving anything to him either. 
No insignificant details in the scripture. So that means he was in a bad way. He couldn't eat what the pigs were eating. And there were people who saw his condition. And not that they couldn't do anything about it. They didn't do anything about it. So much here. I wish I had more than one Sunday to talk about this. Sometimes we can get frustrated and depressed in life because we honestly like, man, people are looking at my situation. They're looking at the situation. And you could help, but you don't help. You ever been there? We're like, you, 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 you have the power and the ability to change this situation. And you want how many of you? Let's be real. That will make you mad. When you know that there's people who are close to you, people who are in covenant with you, and they can do something and they won't, something is wrong. But God allows this because he never meant for man to be your source. He never meant for you to be dependent on a person, watch this, to be your source. All man was ever designed to do is be a resource. Say resource. If you, can su- if, if you confuse resource with the source, you'll mess up. You'll end up worshiping the wrong thing. And that's where people get in trouble because they, they, they don't have a right relationship with the Father, so they look at the resource, they think it's the source, and they bow down to the source and forsake the, the, they, they, forsake, they forsake the source bowing to the resource. Mm. You, can you think of a time in your life where you did that? I had to kind of be a certain way with a person because if I wasn't the way with the person, they wouldn't do what I needed them to do. When God is saying, I'll do what you need me to do all the time. You don't have to manipulate. You don't have to trick. You don't have to do anything. Just worship me and I'll take care of you. This is what this son didn't realize. But the next part is what I like. But when he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired men have more than enough me. He's in my daddy's house. Even the servants got enough to eat. That's a faithful father right there. He's like, I'm not only going to take care of my sons. I'm going to make sure those who are serving me get what they need. And so the son, you see, remember I said there's no insignificant details in the scripture. He said when he came to his senses, in other words, he woke up and some of us need to wake up. Because we are deceived, and he's sitting there for a long Coming to our senses means that he was, his attention, his sensibility, his, his wisdom, his understanding was all in the wrong place. And it started with him having a wrong understanding of his relationship with the Father. Because he thought what he needed was the Father's resource. So he took the resource and went and lost the presence. And some of us would rather have the product than the presence. Realizing that, watch this, the product will always run out. But when you're connected to the presence, you're always connected to everything you will ever need. So, so, so that's when, when people mess with you, when people change. How many of your people do change on you? You know, I, I, I'm going to be honest with you. You have some people and you're like, man, these people are just going to be always the same. No, some of them won't be. You say, you say one thing wrong to them and they'll turn their back on you. You ever had somebody that switch up on you just like that? But God won't ever change. The Bible says Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So don't stop approaching your earthly relationships like they're Jesus. They are not Jesus. They might change, but God never will. You can trust him. You can rely on him. You can depend on him. And this is what this son is realizing. Even though I messed up, even though I made a, de- a, 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 a major disgusting mistake in my life, it says, you know what? Even in my father's house, I don't even have to go back as a son. Even his slaves got enough. So his problem drove him back 
to his purpose. God allows storms in our life to bring us back to the place we need to be. See, that's faithfulness. Faithfulness is not always it works out the way you want it to. How many of you know your kids ask you for things and you don't always give it to them when they want it? Sometimes you say no. Sometimes you say not right now. Sometimes you say wait. Watch this. My daughter, she started this new thing where I'll put her food in front of her and she'll see something else sitting on her. She'll say, Daddy, I'm full. Look, look at my tummy. I'm like, okay. And then once I say, okay, you don't have to eat it. But Daddy, I'm hungry about, about what you have. Watch what I say to her. I say, after you finish what I gave you, I'll give you some of this. Now, here's the lesson. Some of you can't have what God has over here because you won't eat what he put in front of you. And see, he put some carrots and some vegetables and some broccoli in front of you to make you strong so you can handle the dessert. God wants to give you some dessert, but he said, no, you got to take the vegetables first. See, what I need you to do before you can understand prospering and before you can understand that, I need you to understand faithfulness. I need you to understand courage. I need you to understand prayer. I need you to understand commitment. Then I'll give you some cupcakes. Y'all with me? But we want the cupcakes now, and, we want it to, and, and what happens is, is it ruins our appetite for what, he, what will make us strong and healthy. I'm coming back. How many of them have, watch this, just enough bread? That's not what it says, right? He's still talking about servants. They have more than enough bread. But I'm here dying with hunger, exclamation point. I wish I could have been there when he was doing this. He, man, I left my daddy's house. And even the servants got more than enough. They're chilling. They got enough to eat. Me, I'm starving. And I'm a son. But he could have just liked some of us. How many of you knew you could change your situation if you turned around and did something different, but you stayed there complaining about what was wrong? I've been there. Like, man, this is... I can't stand this, and I don't like that, and this, and that, and the other, and this, and this. You, you spend hours talking about what needs to change when God is telling you to do what this son did. I will get up. Come on, say get up. And I'll go to where? My father. See, see this is the boldness we got to have sometimes. I messed up, but he's still my dad. This has nothing to do with me. I know my dad is faithful. And some of us will be blessed as soon as we get out of our own way. And this is what he had to do. He could have sat there and said, yeah, I messed up. I took all my inheritance. I blew it. I've been with the pigs. I've been with the harlots. I've been messed up. I, I've been loose with my life. He said, no, daddy's faithful. Daddy's faithful. So I'll get up and I'll go to him. And now here's where we miss it. He says, and I will say to him, father. So he had his speech ready. Sometimes you got to go to God and have some organized thoughts. It's okay. Every, everything doesn't have to be spontaneous. Sometimes it's good if, you, if you're approaching Daddy God to know what you want and to know what you need. Go say, God, I, I, I come to you. I honor you as Father. And I know I messed up like he did. He said, Father, I've sinned against heaven and in your sight. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me as one of your hired men. So now he's, say Humility. Say humility. So here's, this is why it's important. Because he's not approaching his father with the same posture that he did before. I hope this isn't too deep for you. 
The way he approached him before was, I'm your son, give me what I want. Now he's gone through some things. He's gone through some of the tests and the struggles of messing up. And he's coming back and he says, this is what I'm going to say. I'm not even worthy to be called your son. You're too faithful. But just make me a servant. You ever wonder what would happen if we got on our knees and said, Lord, help me to be a servant. Make me like one of them. So he got up. And he came to his father. Now, here's where we got to get this. We're getting interesting. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him. We're always talking about how we're chasing God. But I want to challenge you the fact that God is chasing you more than you're chasing him. This will mess up our pride. It will mess up our arrogance. Because as much as we think we're doing for God, God is actually pursuing you. He loves you so much that he's after you. He's after your purpose. He's after your destiny. And all he's looking for us to do is to... to Say repent. Repent means to turn around. It doesn't mean what you think. It means to change direction. It means return to the top. So this son says, I'll go back to my father. And he starts his journey. And as soon as he starts his journey, the Bible says his father saw him while he was still a long way off. Aren't you glad that God sees you when you're still far? And you don't have it right yet when you haven't figured it all yet out yet. And his mercy and his grace, he loves you enough to say I know you're 50 miles away, but I still see you. I know you still got a struggle going on in your life, but I still see you. Come, come home, come on, come on. Not enough that he saw him because man can see you, but God sees him and he felt compassion. His compassion had nothing to do with his failure. Say faithful father. Not only did he feel compassion for him, the Bible says, and he ran and embraced him and kissed him. All of this happened before the son said anything. Faithful father. He sees him a long way off and he sees him. He says, you know what? Before he even has a chance to go back into that filth, I'm going after him. How many of you know that in this walk of life, whatever we're struggling with, whatever bondage we're facing, whatever we're dealing with, if we just make a decision to put it down, he'll chase after us. The problem is, is we still want it more than we want God. And when we want God more than we want it, then he'll run after us and he'll cover us. He'll protect us. Y'all still with me? And so he says this. It says, and the son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and in your sight, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But I'll stop there. That was all the son needed to say. He didn't need to say the rest of the speech. That's why the father cut him off. He said, all I need to hear is the fact that you recognize your place in relationship to me. Whenever God sees that we approach his presence as faithful father and we recognize who we are in his sight, he can move. But the father said to his slaves, quickly, bring out what kind of robe? How many of you would respond like that? See, most of us would be like, man, I got a few extra, uh, I got an old jacket in the closet that's too, too small for me. Now I'll give that to him if he's cold. But the father says, quickly, 
bring out the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand. There's significance to all of this that I want you to understand. This is why I'm not like screaming and because I want you to understand the significance of what's happening. The reason that the father ran after him, the reason that he insisted on putting a robe on him and embracing him was that in that culture, if you had dishonored your father publicly, you would have been stoned. And so there's more to it than just I'm putting this robe on him. I have to come protect him before he reaps the full punishment of his actions. Mercy. How many of you need some mercy sometimes? How many of you, do you realize that none of us would, would survive if God gave us everything we actually deserve? That, that should be enough to make us humble. So what he does is says, in order for me to make sure that everybody else, watch this, understands that he's back in right relationship with me, I'm putting the robe on him. And not only that, I'm putting the ring on his finger. So he's not a servant. I'm positionally putting him back where he belongs. Restoration. Watch this. When God restores, he doesn't restore partially. So he puts you back right where you belong. Say restoration. We've got to stop having this attitude that somehow I've got to earn this and earn that and earn my way back to God. No, all we got to do is repent and then he's faithful to do the rest and align us and put us back where we belong. And so quickly put a ring on his hand, sandals on his feet, cover everything. Wow. Think about that. You know why some of us don't confess? Because there's some stuff that we think God won't cover. Different message. But God doesn't leave any detail left out. Because he's so faithful, when we come to him and confess, he covers everything. Sandals, hands. I want to make sure he's covered completely. But it doesn't stop there. Bring the fattened calf. Kill it. Let us eat and celebrate Look for this son of mine. He's always my son, even though he's been gone. He's still my son. And I want to tell you, you still belong to God. There's some things we got to maybe get right and come back. Some of us have to come back. We're a long way off, but he sees you. If you just turn around, he'll come after you. How many of you know somebody who's a long way off? How many in here? Don't raise your hand. I'm sitting in here, but I'm a long way off in some areas, but, but I'm going to turn around. Then he'll reach out to you and say, come. You still belong to me. I know you messed up, but you still belong to me. Let, let, me, let me cover. Let me cover you. That's a faithful father. Let us eat and celebrate, for this son of mine was dead. Father understands that when we get out of his will, that word death means separation. So we're separated from the blessings of being in his presence. But we're celebrating because he's no longer separated. He's come to life again. He was lost and he's been found. And they began to celebrate. Isn't this a wonderful story of God's grace and his mercy? How this, this kid, he gets all his money, all his inheritance, and everything goes bad. But God is still good. Isn't that worth praising God and celebrating his goodness? Wouldn't you be, wouldn't you be celebrating if God did that for you? Here's the problem. When we read this, 95% of people put themselves in the younger brother's shoes. <laughs> but now his older son <laughs> was in the field. 
And when he came and approached the house, he heard music and dancing, and he summoned one of the servants and began inquiring, what, what are these things? And he said to him, your brother has come, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he's received him back safe and sound. But he became angry, and he wasn't willing to go in. How about that? Daddy, I've been here the whole time. What about me? You ever said that? I mean, I've been right here the whole time. Every time you needed something done, I was your man. I had you. Where's my calf? Where's my ring? Where's my robe? Where's my celebration? But this one, uh, I'm getting ahead of myself. Anyway, and his father came out and began pleading with him. He answered and said, if I look for so many years, I've been serving you. I haven't neglected your commands. And yet you've never given me even a little goat. <laughs> how, how, how would that sound if it was us? Like, OK, wait a minute. Now, this joker, man, he don't ever come to church. Y'all got donuts this week. I couldn't even get a great he came like he'd been here the whole time. I, but I've been here the whole time. You didn't give me a dollar so I can go get some Mike and Ikes. <laughs> some of y'all are too young to know what those Mike and Ikes are. Look, for so many, I never neglected your community. You never even given me a young goat so I can celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours, so he said, he's not even my brother. That's what he's saying. He said, this son of yours, this one. Some of y'all talk about your family members like that. They're that one. Y'all, tell the truth. Just laugh and tell the truth. Everybody has a that one in their family. That one, he's back now. <laughs> he's devoured your wealth, so he's going to bring up all his mistakes. You have people in your family like that, too. They don't ever bring up the good things you've done. They just remind you of all the times you messed up, and that's what he does. This one who's been with the prostitutes, but you killed a fat calf for him? I couldn't even get a goat. And you kill the, 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 the fatted calf man, and then the father, just as faithful. And this is what I like about this. The only difference between these two is one was in the house and one wasn't in the house. It's really the only difference because the father pursues the older son with the same passion that he pursued the younger son with. He came out to him. And he said, son, you've always been with me. And all that is mine is yours. It's tragic to leave the house and have to come back. But how much more tragic is to be in the father's house and still not take hold of what he has for you? It's one thing to be outside of the presence and not have the blessing, but to be inside the presence and still not have the blessing. So... One of these sons is outside of the house, one is inside the house, and both of them are equally distant from their father. I want you to think about that for a minute. Some of the people we judge and we criticize and we talk about, guess what? You're just as far from God as they are. Only difference is you're inside the house. And God is saying to both of you, he's telling him from afar, come back home. Come back into the presence. Come back into the place where you can be connected to my blessing. To you who are in the house, he's saying, come back home. Come back. Get connected again. So you get connected to the blessing. 
God is so faithful. As you close your eyes, I just want you to listen to this part. He's so faithful. This will bless some of you and make some of you mad. He is so faithful that he will not bless you contrary to his word. Beautiful thing is he brings us into alignment. He says, I want to bless you so much. So when you pray to me, when you come to me, my answer is almost always going to be an instruction. And if you follow that instruction, you'll be blessed beyond measure. But if you rebel, I still love you, but I can't bless you. As you sit here today, here's what, what I know. As a, a pastor, I can get up and say, our Father, God is our Father. But I realize that I'm talking to different people, which means that that word is going to mean different things to different people based upon their experience. If daddy wasn't there, then there has to be a season where God adjusts your thinking about what father really means. But once you find out that the one true father, God, is faithful in all of his ways, he can be fully trusted, fully relied upon, He'll never leave you in your time of struggle. Then you'll run to him instead of running from him. And some of us are not running from him with our presence, our physical presence, but we're running from him with our actions. He's been pursuing you for months, for years, saying, I, I love you. Come back home. I love you. Adjust this. I love you throw that away I love you start this I love you in that and no matter how much we continue to reject him and we continue to say I'll, I'll obey you later God I'll do it later he constantly he's still calling come back home come back home and I would do an injustice to the word of God today as we, we prepare for our altar time to not say what I feel in my heart that many of us are in I'll just say it like he says it we're in a rebellious state right now just like this son but God is still faithful watching us from a long way off and his invitation to you this very morning is come on back home Come back to my way of doing things. How long will you allow your own way to harm you, to hinder you, to destroy you? I've set the table before you of blessings, of favor. Third John 2 says this. He says, I wish above all things that thou mightest prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. Your soul is your thought, your will, your decisions, your intellect. So God is saying to you, I want to progress you and prosper you in the line that those things are prospering. And so here is the invitation. You're here today. It's very simple. 
God, there are areas in my life that I'm far from you. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm not as close as I need to be, close as I should be. Um, that's you. I want you to quickly put your hand in the air just so I know who to pray for. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for not being afraid. No one looking around. Secondly, I need to feel the love of my father today. I've been discouraged. I've been battling. I've been struggling. I've been looking to different things to be a source of comfort, source of hope. But I need to return to you, to you, God. Show me how. If that's you, lift your hand. Amen. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for being a good father, a faithful father, that no matter how far away we are, that you draw us with your love and your kindness, you draw us back to yourself. Lord, we cast down every idol of the heart, every idol of the mind that keeps us from receiving you clearly, from hearing you clearly. We, we, we remove it, God. We lay ourselves on you, just like the psalmist said, we cast all of our cares on you. Lord, there are many who are here right now. Fathers may be gone, may have gone on, may have passed on. Maybe that relationship is, there's a wedge between it. Lord, I ask, Lord, that you would restore what was broken in relationship with Father by connecting people closer to yourself. And if reconciliation is possible on this earth, Lord, bring reconciliation in those areas in the name of Jesus. But let us leave today with an awareness like never before that you are our Father. That as our Father, you're the source of everything that we need, everything we hope for, any desire. Lord, you're the source. And we come to you. We humble ourselves like this younger son did and said, even though in our own efforts, even though in our own ability, we could never be worthy. But thank you for the blood of Jesus that makes us right with you. And so now we walk this thing out by grace. We walk our lives out by grace. We walk our relationships out by grace. We walk our Christian walk out by grace. We do our job by grace. We forgive by grace. And now I pray for those who might be sick in their mind and their body struggling. Lord, I pray that you would touch them with your arms of love right now. That you would bring healing from the crown of their head to the sole of their feet. Lord, that you would break up the stony grounds of our hearts that just refuse to receive your word. Give us a heart of tenderness and flesh that we would obey you unconditionally. And Lord, that as we follow you with everything that we have, Lord, we trust that you will do exceedingly and abundantly above all we can ask, think, or imagine. Lord, revive your work in the midst of the years. Revive us. Give us personal revival that starts this day as we've decided to turn and to pursue you and to follow you, knowing that you're pursuing us, Lord, we believe that a revival is beginning in our hearts. And it's not about a feeling. It's not about an emotion. It's about us coming to life again spiritually because we are reconnected with our Father. 
And Lord, for these things, we give you praise. We give you glory. We give you honor, knowing that you can do anything but fail. In Jesus' name, let everyone that agrees with that shout amen. Shout amen. Shout amen. Well, we pray that you enjoy the rest of your day today. I just want to pray you out. But I want you to have a blessed day and a blessed week knowing that God is with you, that he's for you, he's not against you, and he can do anything but fail. Father, in the name of Jesus, bless these, your people, Lord, as they leave this place. Fill them with your presence. Fill them with hope. Fill them with passion. Fill them with favor as they go on, favor on their jobs, favor on the highways, favor in the restaurants, favor in their families, God. Give them an overflow of your love today like never before, and we believe that you're able to do it. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great week.